Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. We're going to get to uh, Max Homa here in a second with the new, can't believe I'm saying it already, the new PGA Tour season starting up this week with the Safeway out in California. Max will be rejoining the PGA Tour for the third time. And uh, we got a chance to sit down with him in the Kill House a couple weeks ago when he's in town for the Web Tour Championship. Uh, I think he missed a cut on purpose. I'm pretty sure. I think we get to that in in the uh, in the interview. But he hung hung out with us all week, and he's got pretty awesome story and perspective on the ups and downs that have come with uh, professional golf for him, his success on the Web Tour and failures on the PGA Tour, and how he's handled it all. And back uh, back out on the PGA Tour here at, for the third time at age 27. But uh, like myself, Max is also a Travis Matthew guy, and fall is here. It's a great time to look to Travis. Travis Matthew to layer up with jackets, flannels, pants, and more. Whether you're returning to the tour like Max or spending nights at Hollywood premieres like Mark Wahlberg, it's a new season for new arrivals. So with awesome polos, hats available now, and also new gear dropping on October 15th, visit travismatthew.com for all your fashion needs. Let's get to the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up podcast live from the Kill House uh, I believe the phrase used was playing ceremoniously this week in the web tour finals. Uh, Mr. John Maximus Homa. Welcome. Well, uh, I'm uh, first of all, happy to be here uh, in the kill house, which is a uh, killer. Um, <laughs> Good one. So, yeah, so super, super pumped to play this tournament. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't really think I was uh, all there mentally. Um, you know, this tour you have basically one one main goal, and it's to get onto the PJ Tour. Um, you know, on the PJ Tour, you have you can have a million goals. So, um, would have liked to have a week off, but I want to do the card ceremony, uh, which will be this afternoon. Um, so, I wanted to come play. I obviously wanted to play considerably better than I did, but um, you know, uh, got off to a bad start and just kind of lost some uh, some motivation. But I ended up being probably the best miscut. Ever, honestly, and hard, I wrote it in recorded history. What yeah, honor. Got, got to hang out with you guys, and uh, there was a dollar beers that you guys uh sponsored yesterday. So, I mean, that was considerably more fun than playing in about 60th place in the last web event of the season. <laughs> so, explain why you are, I guess, so you, you've locked up your card for the year, and kind of really all you had to play for was priority in the system. So, kind of take us through what you would have had to done for this week to have really meant anything from from this week's perspective and like what the, uh, what that means for the rest of your fall and the rest of your season on the PGA tour. Yeah. So, um, if you win the, either the regular season money list or the finals money list, you get, uh, fully exempt on the PGA tour, which everyone thinks is, you know, what I have anyways, if you get your card, you're fully exempt. And you really aren't in the sense that the web category, um, basically all the players, you know, graduating to the PGA tour are in the lowest priority ranking of all, like, however you would call it, like semi for a fully exempt player. So, um, priority ranking. So basically whether I fish finish fourth in this finals list or six is a decent deal, uh, or decently big deal. Um, so basically I went into this week ninth, I'm going to fall to anywhere between probably 12th and 16th. So it hurts my priority ranking, but in, you know, in general, that doesn't change a whole lot. Um, obviously I would have loved to play well, but I think I had to win this week to have a chance to win the, the money list, uh, or the, the finals money list, which would have been a great cause you play the players and, uh, I think most of the invitationals and everything you have fully exempt status. So, um, I was kind of in one of those spots where if I'd, like I said, um, if I didn't play well, um, and finishing kind of middle of the road, wasn't going to do a ton for me. Um, so, uh, that's basically why I purposely missed the cut. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no, that's why, uh, you know, that, that, that's what I was playing for this week. And that's what a lot of these guys, you know, today are playing for it. It does matter. Um, I didn't realize that so much. till my first year we're like, man, it is a big difference to be like 30th on that list and 50th. Cause yeah. you might not, whether you get in or not, sometimes doesn't matter. 
uh, or isn't like the big deal. It's like you don't know if you're going to get in. You can't make travel plans, you know, too far in advance. And it's kind of a comforting feeling to be like, oh, yeah, I know my schedule for the next five events before the next shuffle. Um, I can get myself prepared and ready to go. So um, it's a whole lot of uh, a learning experience. But, you know, just in golf, you just play as well as you can every time. And it kind of sorts itself out. Explain the shuffle. Man, the Cupid shuffle? Yeah. <laughs> Just any shuffle. Uh, any shuffle, all right. Yeah, um, yeah so the, the shuffles, uh, you know, we do it on the web tour, um, and they do it obviously on the PJ tour. Basically, how it works is uh, the beginning of the season starts in two weeks at uh, in Napa for the Safeway. Um, after the fall event, so it's basically the Safeway on through the, what would it be? The uh, Sea Island Tournament. Um is it the McGladry? No, yeah, uh, RSM. RSM. Whoa. Sure. RSM. Randy, Randy's used to work for McGladry. So, <laughs> so after uh, those events no are all done. Yeah, yeah he's no on the take. That pension value just increased. <laughs> he just made $5. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, after those events in, in the web.com category, so like I said, the uh, people graduating, we are basically ranked 1 to 50. Um based off of the regular season money list and the finals money list after those events, it completely can shift. So basically if I, let's say make $50,000 in those five events, I'll play and somebody else makes $51,000. Um, they will be now in front of me on the list. We start back at zero. So which, why that's important is it sets up the whole season because then we go into the, you know, normal start of the season that everyone's used to in Hawaii. And, you know, your priority ranking is completely, could be completely flipped on its head. If you miss all five cuts, you're probably going to be 50th. If you play great, you know, you might be number one or number two. Um, and now you're going to get into like the next five, but then there's another reshuffle and another reshuffle. And now they, they build on each other. So if, you know, it's not like each five event, it's usually about five events. Each five events is completely like start at zero. So the first five actually mean a ton. The, the, it puts a lot of pressure on the on the fall. Um, in in essence, like I missed all five cuts um, ceremoniously. I guess I could say now <laughs> <laughs> all five cuts a couple of years ago. And I mean, I I was you know I was fiftieth all year, and it, it stunk because I didn't play in as many events as other people. But I also like I was saying before. I'm going to every tournament, like signed up for the Monday might or might not be in the event. So it, it just becomes a bit of a hassle. So it is important to get off to a good start um, and to just like, you know, kind of you're, you're aware of the shuffle. Um, you know, you know, you have to play well certain, you know, certain times of the season just to make sure that you can like honestly keep your job. So this will be the third time with uh, having gotten your tour card bounce up and down uh, the last couple of times that you did have it. What have you learned uh, from those experiences and how has your mindset, how will your mindset change uh, going into uh, this coming season? Yeah. Um, I learned the importance of like very, like just being dialed into being yourself at all times every week. Um, I think the last couple of times I was on tour, I, I did a lot of looking around. I did a lot of experimenting with how somebody else might practice and how, Oh my gosh, look how he hits a golf ball and look how he puts it and look how, you know, he gets out of the bunker and just being kind of in awe of how good everyone is. And that's fine. But I mean, to be completely honest, everyone on the web.com tour does, you know, similar things, you know, obviously it's a little bit deeper on the PJ tour and whatnot, but, um, for whatever reason, when I'm on the web.com tour, I maybe in the back of my head think, man, they should be looking at how I do this. And that's what I have to start to flip. I have to get out there with the best players in the world and trust that there's a reason I've been here three times. And there's a reason I've had, you know, small success, but like I've had some success out there and I need to be able to trust in what I'm doing and stop wondering how much better these guys are than me, because truly they're probably not. I haven't proven that at all yet. Um, but that that's, you know, maybe that's the mindset that if I have it, you know, it'll go better. And either way, I mean, that's no way to do any job. You can't look at what your competitors are doing and think, oh, like sometimes you can. Sometimes you'd be like, oh, man, like, OK, that's an interesting way to do it. But you can't be like, oh, I'm doing it wrong because at times maybe they should like they should be looking at how you're practicing. Like maybe I know something they don't. And um, I've always just been so in, engulfed in, in golf knowledge and like learning from people that that I sometimes forget that, like, I have a lot of knowledge at the same time. So um, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to I want to give myself like a lot of like, like, like I want to support my own thoughts and my own game and my own strategies, not wonder 
is this right or wrong? I want to like have some faith in it because I, I actually think I, I know quite a bit about golf and, and about my game and about the game of golf. And I want to start putting that to use a little bit. And, um, that's kind of been my main goal this year. I think the physical parts, um, I've, you know, I, I, I can't do a whole lot about, I've, I've worked as hard as I can. I want and, and my golf game feels great, but the mindset I think is the biggest part for me that I've never really tapped into when I was out there. I felt too, too vulnerable, I guess. Questioning probably like a little bit in the back of your mind, whether or not right. like you belong. Like, right. I mean, that's just like, you can't have that attitude. You and can't. Compete. And the funny thing is, is when I'm standing on a range, I've, I say this all the time, whenever I'm really, really nervous, like the night before a tournament or the morning, uh, before a round, I feel so nervous. And the moment I get to the golf course, I like put that, you know, wedge in my hand. And I, you know, hold my club and I'm like, it goes away. Cause I'm like, yeah, this is like, this is what I do. So when I'm standing on a range, doesn't matter who I'm hitting next to. I don't feel I feel good. Like I feel great, but there's something in there when I get on that first tee where it starts to be like, okay, let's, let's not embarrass. Like, let's go play some good golf. Like, let's see, let's see if we can play some good golf instead of like, dude, screw this. Like, let's go ball out. Like, let's go (laughs) win this thing. Like, let's go be the one that shoots 61 today. Like, why not? Like you're playing great. So that's, that's the, the dumbest part about questioning yourself, especially when you already made it to the highest level. Um, you know, it's, it's one thing if you're, you know, bouncing around mini tours or whatever, and you're like, okay, like I obviously need to get a little bit better somewhere. Like I should question what I'm doing and maybe change it. If you make it to the PJ tour, you're probably doing quite a bit. Great. Like, yeah. like not well, like great. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, to trust myself this year and seeing where it gets me. Cause I think, I honestly think it's going to be a great year. I think I, I'm a slow learner in that sense. And, um, I think that I'm finally starting to understand it quite a bit more. What were some of the things that, that you were questioning or that you're like specific things in, in guys practice routines. I mean, would, what was that like? It's like the smallest stuff. Like I'll watch, for instance, KJ Choi is the, one of the best bunker players you'll ever see. You First know, wa- name that came to mind too. When yeah. You, when you're talking about guys you're learning from yeah. out there. Yeah. Dude, this, this might be the hammer drill. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the hammer drill? Oh, yeah. The bunkers? Yeah. Okay. And he teaches a lot of people and he's sick. Like he's yeah. so sick. Um, so like I'll watch him hit a bunker shot and it's so dumb because he is the best bunker player. And I'll be like, oh, I can never do that. It's like, <laughs> first of all, yes, you probably could if you like spend a little more time. But it, instead, I'm like in the bunker. And I'm like, man, like KJ would totally get this up and down right now. <laughs> you know what I'm like? What are you doing, dude? Like you're putting so much pressure on it. And then, you know, watching some people hit it far or whatever. Ball striking has always been more of my thing. But I played uh, with Charles Howell the third my rookie year, I think uh, maybe the third or fourth event. And I was floored like at how good he hit a golf ball. And then, and, you know, I start changing all this stuff about my golf swing. I'm like, man, I'm not built for this. And then I, I like played a whole year and then maybe a, another year. And I'm like, nobody hits it this good. Like that dude is the greatest ball striker I've ever seen and probably will ever see. Like he's just the best at this. So instead of having any faith at all in like the whole the whole game of golf, like chipping, putting through the bag, which I think I have very few like, you know, glaring uh, weaknesses. I'm looking at every single person's like little thing they're great at. And I'm like, gosh, like, how do I get there? And you're just kind of like, dude, like, okay, let's like take this step by step, keep practicing it. You're probably not as like deficient there as you think you are. Um, let's, you know, halt the brakes and just keep trying to get the ball in the hole very quickly instead of being so anal. Cause then you get in a bunker and you're like, like I said, you're just like, gosh, like I bet you these guys do this all the time. It's really easy. And it really, you know, they don't do it every time you know, you, the, the TV, you know, audience watches the leaders and the leaders in golf tournaments make every 20 footer, it seems like, and hole out bunker shots and get up and down from everywhere. And then you look at the guy who's in 25th, which is a great golfer, and maybe he's playing pretty good. Things just aren't going his way and it doesn't look nearly as easy as that. So I got kind of caught up in all that. And, uh, you know, my whole golf junkie type like outlook on stuff where I just want to keep learning and keep getting better was uh, kind of, it kind of put me back a little bit in the sense that I was trying so hard to learn how to be like the best at literally every part of golf, which is a little bit unrealistic. I mean, speaking of learning, what would you, what would you say you learned, you know, this week from your first game of Wolfhammer? I learned that, um, I'm not smart enough to play Wolfhammer. There's just way too much going on. Uh, I learned that, um, we were talking about it. I think, uh, when we were playing that you can't actually play, uh, the game of golf, you need to play the game of Wolfhammer because I learned that hitting the fairway and then the green and two putting might be worth a dot, but it might've been actually better to hit 
in the bunker and then blast out to the front edge and then chip it in for a rattler. <laughs> um, you know, it might be better to go I'm alone. Off yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, it's a lot of strategy. It's yeah. like, it's like golf mixed with chess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that was, that's that was, a fair take. And yeah, backgammon and Uno yeah. and all the games. All the, the all the games. Um, so I, I learned a lot from that. I, like, I, I think it took a little bit out of me for this week, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I think I was a little bit worn out. I should have probably taken all of Wednesday off, but I tried to tough it tough it out for the for the sponsors uh, of the Pro-Am group that just was dying to play with me. So <laughs> I just had to do it. Um, but yeah, it's it's a... It's a wonderful, terrible game, um, but I'm glad I I gave it a gave it a shot. That's a pretty good take. Did you pick up any any pointers from close range putting from from anyone or anything that uh, from us on Tuesday? Well, Big Randy put on a clinic. <laughs> I have never seen anybody miss a three footer by a whole cup before, but he did it, and he did it he did it gracefully. Uh, it was quite it was quite uh, a spectacle to watch because it was just immediate. Like, yeah, okay, this is all right. You know, I would have probably broke down crying. And he just walked to the next tee with his head held high, uh, looking forward to the next opportunity to miss a three-footer. And I thought that was really beautiful. It's a lot like watching someone who doesn't know the words to the national anthem. It's yeah. just like nothing you can do to help him. It's just like, gosh, I like, think you're going to get there, man. Just just stay in there and keep swinging. It'll come to you, you know? Listen, that's that's a brave face I put on. <laughs> I, I don't want to... Inside, it just I die a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, so did all of us. <laughs> that it's 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 weird when you're playing against somebody and you are rooting so hard for them to make a putt. But I really, really didn't like watching you miss them. Plus, it was putting. I just didn't realize how much right hand was like in a putting stroke or could be. So um, it's like a, it's like a ping pong shot a little bit. It's I like, actually it's like flipping over a ping pong. I paddle. thought about it last night. Yeah. It's like it's like he was trying to use the bounce with his putter. <laughs> <laughs> you thought about it last night, I, dude. It's hard to get out of your head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just want to say it was cool playing with you too. <laughs> big thrill for me. As well. It must have been a big thrill, man. I mean, man of the people over here. Um, I was just trying to, you know, give you a lasting memory and a story to tell. Um, and honestly, what was so truly fulfilling is you gave me a few stories to tell. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Well, for you cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool uh, a little mutual admiration. Mutual admiration society. <laughs> a couple of sportsmen just admiring each other. <laughs> So, Max, you were on uh, this podcast long before I was uh, associated. I was I was simply a listener at, at that time. Fanboy. Uh, fanboy. I swayed sure. you to yeah, work yeah, here, for sure. Uh, so, for anyone who didn't listen to the the uh, highly produced podcast three or three or four years ago, <laughs> hypothetically, I'm hypothetically, sure everyone listened. To yeah, it. I'm sure everyone did. But just in case they don't remember, uh, give us a little rundown of your background and where you grew up, and uh, kind of you know how you got into the game and and all of that stuff first i just want to say that 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 podcast was recorded from my ipad on speakerphone to my iphone it, so it was like double speaker really good audio quality <laughs> yeah we Lossless made it work yeah <laughs> we made it work uh, i i remember that i uh, like locked myself in uh in my oh, I mean, I don't mean to brag, but in my second bedroom, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I locked myself in there and found like the best service spot I could find, and like didn't want to move because I was like so nervous I was going to screw up like my first podcast. But it went it went well. But you know, to everybody who was, um, they must have been deaf and now like come back like you know got a great hearing aid because I don't know why you wouldn't have listened to it the first <laughs> time. But uh, yeah, I'm now 27. Um, I'm from Southern California. Um, play, I got into golf, uh, kind of cause of my, cause of my dad. Uh, we grew up next to a golf course called Griffith park, uh, had a, you know, pro- public golf course, double layer range. Actually first time I ever saw Tiger Woods. I don't think I've actually said that before. I forgot. Uh, he played the LA city there and a little like young Tiger Woods, hard to forget that name, but it came over the speaker and they announced him. Um, so, um, that was obviously just kind of a side story that means nothing. Um, <laughs> Is this the par 61? No. So then yeah. when we moved, I grew up on a par 61. No, par, I think I played my first par five when I was 11 or 12. We had a sweet par three course uh, there called Chica, but it was public uh, golf, super cheap. They had a deal, uh, $1 for if you were under like 12 or 13 and you could play all day on the par three course. Um, got just super Jeez. lucky. Yeah, it's so cool. I'm my, I remember the the best the best day we had. You know, my dad would drop me off on his way to work or my mom. And then 
they'd pick me up after. So essentially it's, you know, I'm like there all day and we played uh, nine times one day. Uh, we just honestly, it was just like, it's just, you know, you're a kid. You're just like, go, we'd play, maybe play again, go in, have a soda, play, go on back, play. And it was like, it was so fun, but it's, it's lucky golf is, uh, not exactly like a kid's sport. You kind of have to get a little bit fortunate in the sense that it's slower and it's not nearly as fun as a basketball, uh, game or, or playing football or whatever. So, um, I got lucky where we grew up on a, just a very cool junior program where they made it very interesting and, um, you know, way more fun than it usually, usually intends to be. And then, uh, got a, got to play golf at UC Berkeley. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of started, I obviously was taking it seriously, but then when you get to college, it really is like a full-time job, like full-time, full-time. And we had a great team. Uh, one of the best teams I think, uh, in college golf history, um, got to play against some great golfers. And, uh, well, let me stop you there. Cause you're being a little bit modest. You were telling us last night some more detail, but for folks that from, from when you played that first part five to when you were on one of the best college golf <laughs> teams, there's, there's certainly a lot going on there. No, so. it just clicked after the part five. I was like, "This is an, this is awesome!" Oh god, these are way easier to birdie. <laughs> yeah. um, tell people why that team might not be remembered for being the greatest team ever. Yeah, and and kind of what you guys were able to accomplish. Yeah, we, um, my senior year, uh, it was kind of one of those cool, obviously UC Berkeley is not like a powerhouse name um, in any sport really. Um, but we had a, a cool situation where we had myself, Brandon Hagee, Michael Weaver, Michael Kim, and Joel Stalter. And we had all kind of been, maybe it was like UC Berkeley was our second or third choice. Um, and uh, we had a couple of people, red shirt, Michael Kim came in, Joel Stalter came in and, my senior year, everybody was on, like all five of us were ready to go, ready to play. And we went out there and I don't know, we, we all blacked out for like a solid eight months and we won, <laughs> <laughs> we won 11 of 13 stroke play events. The two we lost were by one stroke each. And, uh, we got to nationals and the whole reason that the, the season just like did not, you know, end appropriately was cause it's match play now. And, uh, we won the stroke play portion in three days by 13 and then got to match play. Uh, we actually beat John Rahm's Arizona State team in the first round, and then played Thomas Peters' team at Illinois. Uh, who they have? A, they had a great team. Um, they had him and Brian Campbell, and I think Thomas Dietrich, and their team was was, was sick. But we played them and uh, came down to me and Thomas on the twentieth hole for the you know to get into the finals to play Justin Thomas's Alabama team. And we lost and it, it stunk, man. Uh, there's no excuses. That's the format, but it, it was kind of lame. We had lost to, that was our like third team. We had lost to all season and they had lost to four that week. So, uh, wasn't, yeah, wasn't the greatest, uh, thing ever. Uh, that was kind of disappointing, especially for me. Cause they all got had another year to play, but, um, that, that year was the most fun you could imagine, uh, especially for golf, which is obviously not a team sport. Um, it was, it was I mean, we, we felt like Tiger Woods must feel every day of his life, but like everywhere we went, we're like, man, yeah, you know, if we play all right, we'll probably win. And it was like so delusional, but so much fun at the same time. And, um, you know, I guess we, I guess actually now I, I don't feel so bad about losing. Cause I know Justin Thomas needed another trophy in his trophy case. So like we kind of <laughs> gave him one. So what a thrill no big him. deal. Yeah. I mean, honestly, he was probably really nervous about playing me the next day. So I'm so glad that that didn't have to happen for him. Uh, let, let me pause that to tell. That's exactly the same as my high school golf. Let me break that down <laughs> tournament by tournament. You again, you're being modest that you won. You did win the NCAA, the individual title that week as well. Yeah, I did. Um, and the Pac-12. So what was the stat you told us? Yeah, just. Uh, I think Tiger was the one that texted me, but he said it was just it was just just me, him, and Phil have done it. We won we won the uh, Pac-12s and the Nationals. But that was wild. I hadn't actually never won outright a college golf tournament. I had tied one. And then got to pack 12s. It was in my hometown and played well. And then went to nationals. And I mean, I, that, that was like, you know, obviously at the time, the biggest thing I had done. And that was a lot of fun. But um, you know, no lie, like I was much more into the team thing at that point. Um, glad I won the individual because it, you know, it was a big deal. It helped my resume and whatnot. But um, I mean, it helped your confidence too to shoot fire off a uh, a tweet at the big cat. Yeah, I tweeted big cat. Uh, I got <laughs> I, I got into the U.S. Open actually like two days later, uh, and I found that stat. Um, and I, I tweeted him. I asked him for a practice round because you know me and him 
and Phil, no big deal, are like the only people that ever did this. So uh, I thought maybe it would connect us a little bit. It, I'm just it, amazed you had to tell him that. Like he had, he knew. Well, he, he knew. Yeah. He knew. I just wanted to remind, actually yeah. more or less, like I was like a humble brag to the rest of the the, the Twitter sphere that I had done it. Um, not that they all probably knew too, because they all watched. But, <laughs> you know, it's just going through the motions, had to ask. So, um, you know, he, uh, it was actually a funny story though. So I, I asked, obviously he didn't get back to me, but a decent amount of people, <laughs> a decent amount of people. Well, he's, look, he's busy. No, I knew he was probably. Practicing a lot, you know, it's no big deal. I mean, there's no chance he was looking at his phone between then his and the phone, US Open. His phone was being all weird. It's, He's like uh, in between phone. service providers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he didn't want to run up his minutes. I totally get it. Um, so uh, it was funny though. So like it got a decent amount of, you know, traction. Some other people, mostly my friends, honestly, but they were like, yeah, you should totally do it, Tiger. Um, and I don't think he got back to them either. So, uh, uh, but one day I'm driving and uh, I get a phone call. I'm like, hi, um, you know, you know, this is Max. You know, I don't have any more time for interviews, guys. Like, this is, <laughs> I understand I'm a hot commodity. This has been a wild ride. Um, and he's like, no, no, no. Uh, I, I'm actually with uh, Tiger Woods' agency. And, like, I almost got an accident. I just, like, swerved as fast as I could to the right. Emergency flashers on. Like, I had to park on the side of the road because I was like, my heart was racing. Um, I honestly thought he thought he was going to ask me, like, you know, to be his best friend and move out to Florida. But <laughs> I thought that a consolation prize would be this practice round. But, unfortunately, he's like, hey, you know. Tiger, there's no way this is true, but Tiger really wants to play with you this week, but like he hasn't played this golf course before. He wants to take it very seriously, which was kind of a slap in the face because I also was going to try to play well, uh, but I get it. You know, I get it. Uh, he didn't want to get intimidated by my golf game at the time. So uh, we, uh, you know, mutually agreed that we just wouldn't make it happen. Um, but he's like, he would really, really love to meet you. And I'll, again, not true. There's no chance, but um, super nice. His agent seems awesome. It wasn't quite Steinberg. So I got the B level agent, I think. <laughs> also, good. but it's yeah. pretty Probably good. Think about it. Yeah. yeah. It honestly might have just been a prank call. <laughs> Um, welcome to your internship welcome in Excel to Sports <laughs> Management. First call back home. Take care of this young, eager man here trying to, uh, yeah. trying to get to Tiger. Yeah, it was um, man. a big part of your job is going to be fending off, <laughs> fending off uh, the max homers of the world. Requests. Yeah, uh, this will be your first of many. Um, you know, what a thrill for you <laughs> to be able to call Max Homa. <laughs> but yeah, so it was uh, it was fun. I actually did get to meet him at the U.S. Open. Um, he was awesome. Like he totally acted like he wanted to meet me too, which was great. What was the circumstance? Uh, well, I like forced my caddy to put my bag next to uh, Joe LaCava, put Tiger's bag on the range, warming up for Thursday's round. And I was like, I was like actually really freaking nervous. And I was like, okay, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to talk to him. But it's like awkward. Cause I also like, also I was trying to, like I said, play in a golf tournament and like, he's warming up, which is a horrendous time to meet somebody. Cause that's like kind of your last time to be alone and, you know, gather your thoughts. And, um, you know, he's going for his 15th major and I'm essentially just like, again, ceremoniously there cause I can't win any money. So, um, I finally sacked up, went over and I was like, Hey man, like me and you have something in common. <laughs> um, but no, I was like, Hey, uh, I'm max. Um, you know, I'm also playing this golf tournament. So you are more, more obligated to like respond to this yeah. <laughs> statement, but he shook my hand. He was super cool. He's like, Oh man, you know, like, um, like play well this week. Uh, awesome. You're out here. And I was like, Oh man, like it was, and it was a rush. Like I, it was really exciting to like finally meet him and find out that he was like a really cool dude. Like, I think he's misunderstood. I, that week I, you know I him really well, well we're that pretty close point. now yeah he, he even like asked me you know he's like how'd that conversation go like was I cool and I was like yeah, yeah really cool. um there's so many people that just hound him I like can't imagine yeah. like I at one point I was like of course I'll sign I had never signed an autograph I was like I'll sign all the autographs like anybody wants and like even one day I was playing with Spieth fame's actually not gonna change me <laughs> yeah this fame will never never change me gosh I could have all the money in the world Tiger's just like lazy <laughs> yeah. and I was playing with Spieth in the practice round and um he was just getting like famous I I think he had had won the John Deere um but like I don't think he had he hadn't won the Masters or anything yet so but he was still obviously uber famous and we're walking in we're signing autographs you know left and right and people are going bonkers over him and finally like I was just like getting kind of tired of it and I started actually um like my rule was like I would walk and people would be like can I get this can I get an autograph can I get an autograph and I said if you can tell me my name I will give you whatever you want and I, I'll never forget I'll never forget Todd Hamilton I'll never continue I'll, okay I'll never forget that uh 
I think I was coming up like our 17th hole. Uh, I said that to the kid. I, I literally like there was like, probably a kid around my age. And I said, honestly, I said, if you can tell me my name right now, I'll give you whatever you want on my back. Like not a club, but, like on my bag. You have my head covers. You can have any amount of golf balls you want. And he like legit like Jordan shrugged me. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I um, so that was humbling, I guess. Um, but uh, that was fun. But yeah, he the fact that Tiger goes through that like literally every single day of his life, it kind of shocks me that he is uh, even like halfway normal. We saw we once saw Todd Hamilton like quiz a kid like all right what's what's nine times five divided by three but and the kid like got it wrong so okay sorry and walked away Whoa. ninth hole at memorial it was incredible it's like one of my favorite wow. movies wow i mean that's chaos theory. strong chaos theory. strong move <laughs> i guess you win one major and it's just like yeah you can kinda, yeah do whatever you want yeah it must be rough to be as famous as him <laughs> and me obviously so did your uh like you, you said your dad played a little bit, but I mean, your parents were not like junior golf parents. I, I I'm gathering, you know, no, so, not at all. So, and what was their story? And then, how did you guys go from kind of, you know, how did you like? I'm always fascinated by how people navigate that kind of world because it's really fucking weird to <laughs> yeah. like play a ton like a full like elite junior golf schedule yeah well, i uh, imagine especially in southern california <laughs> yeah we're yeah. just studs like, yeah everywhere. we had like the sickest of sick golfers. Yeah. Um, I obviously have awesome parents. Uh, we don't have a, a like a ton of money, but I it, we did look at it like a bit of an investment. Um, I mean, that's how my dad talked to me, and he didn't talk it to me in like a negative way. He just like, hey, like I like, you know, I understood when I was twelve, thirteen that like you know money doesn't grow on trees, and uh, it's expensive to um, to do this. I remember even I saw one time uh, on the in the hotel room with my mom, you know, we checked out on t on the TV or whatever. Um, and I, I saw the price of the week for the hotel. I was like, holy hell, like you need to practice harder. Like this is, <laughs> this isn't supposed to be fun. Um, but you know, my mom would take me to a lot of the tournaments. Uh, my sister, God bless her. Like she, I don't know what she did that whole summer. Like she must've just been living on her own. Um, my, you know, dad worked and, uh, you know, my mom and I kind of traveled around. We didn't really venture out of the state very often, uh, just because it was too expensive and, and all that. But, uh, you know, I got into, Got into like the local, uh, you know, junior tours. I think it was called the Toyota Tour Cup. Uh, and then I got into AJGA. But I do remember the first real, real golf tournament I played on a real golf course. Um, I think I was 11 or 12. And I played um, played with this kid named Philip Chien, who I'm actually still friends with. And uh, some other kid that they were both a, a year older, a couple years older, I think. And uh, they they kicked my ass. Like it was embarrassing. I think they both shot 70 and I shot like 85. And I was like, I remember it was like one of my first times playing like a, like a big boy golf course. Like you had to, you, had, you know, I was like new to part fives at the time. So, um, you know, and I, you know, didn't play well, but it wasn't shocking. I remember I asked him, I was like, how often do you guys practice at the time I was playing flag football and basketball and all these other things? They're like, like we have balls every day. And I'm, and I remember I went into the car and like, I was like pretty upset. And you know, my mom's like, you know, how'd it go? And I said, Hey, like, I don't know you know, if this is reasonable, but like, I need you to take me to the golf course every single day. And like, I remember that, that from that time on, I looked at it as a complete job. Like it's going to be fun. Of course, like anything in life can be, but I'm like, this isn't funny to me. It's not funny to play bad. It's not cool not to practice. It's not cool to go to the golf course and, you know, dick around like this is, this is your job now. And it kind of built, I've always been a very, um, kind of self-motivated person. And, and I think, you know, to your to your question about how do people do it? I think a lot of it comes from that. Um, you just find it in your, in, in your own heart and, and, and mind to be like, okay, like I'm gonna stick my, uh, uh, stick myself to this job and I'm going to treat it as such at a young age. And like, I'm going to have a single minded focus on, I'm going to play on the PJ tour. And it, it was incredibly delusional at the time. Like incredibly, <laughs> when I look back on it, I was nowhere near as good as these kids, but I really think that it's probably rare to get, um, you know, a 11 or 12 year old to work like that. And, um, you know, fortunately for me, I did. And I think that a lot of the people that are on the PJ tour and web.com tour, uh, have done that, you know, in their life. And, um, but obviously blessed with awesome family. And, um, you know, it's, it's hard to do that. You hear a lot of stories about people that like can't even afford to play AGGs. It's so expensive and we made ends meet. And, uh, fortunately it was very fun for me to like make my first check and like give some money back to my parents just as a big thank you. And, and like, I know that it wasn't, the easiest of roads. So it was cool. Talk. Okay. So talk through, I have to ask about what your dad does <laughs> because I feel like 
you could have absolutely gone uh, down that path as well. You're very. Oh, I appreciate you very, saying I'm good very... looking enough to be an actor. But yeah, <laughs> uh, my dad, my dad uh, is an acting coach. Um, he he always jokes that he's like I picked the one job like more selective than acting. <laughs> he's like, man, he said I never ever wanted you to be an actor, and you of course had to pick golf. So uh, yeah, he uh, he's an acting coach. Um, he actually he worked uh, on General Hospital for twenty some odd years, the soap opera. Um, and then also, uh, I guess his biggest thing, he was on the show Scream Queens. I think it was on VH1. It was a reality, uh, acting show that was just, sorry, dad. It was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. And it was, it's hard enough to watch like your dad on TV. Like it was very embarrassing. Um, but I made it through it cause you know, I'm just a tough guy, I guess. So, but no, he, uh, he, 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 you know, had a pretty cool job. I mean, that's an interesting job. We got to meet some pretty cool people. Um, but, uh, yeah, I never got into that. That that's a that seems like a really awful thing to try and do. Like you see these people like live these glamorous lifestyles, but like I don't know how you can go in and get judged so subjectively like every single day you go into an audition. So um, you know, I, I veered the other direction and uh yeah, he decent golfer. I think my dad got to maybe a five to seven handicap. He's all right. But um yeah, once I started asking questions about golf, he just like pushed me towards a teaching pro and said, don't ask me. And I think that was probably the best thing anyone ever did for me looking yeah. back on it because there's no point in him giving me information he doesn't know about. And some parents try to do that and it's okay, but it's wrong. Like it's just most of the information's wrong. It's it's made up from, you know, maybe like an article you read and then blended it with like seven more articles. So uh, <laughs> he uh, he did an awesome job and uh, very thankful for that for sure. Well, did you ever try acting? I tried it once and uh, I thought I did all right. We had to go, me and my sister had to go to my dad's workshop once, um, which if people don't know is uh, like 30 to 50 people. And, you know, he made us like go see how he worked, which when you look back on is very narcissistic. <laughs> um, but he, uh, he made us go and I told him I did not want to talk in front of anybody. Like I, I, I was like, I will deal with this and like sit in the back of this class and watch other people. And like, and I'll even applaud you if you do like a great job. Like I will, I will try and consume as much information from, from your teaching style, but I don't want to get up. And of course he made, made me and my sister do like a scene and my, you know, I did the first one and then my sister went my sister did a pretty good job and i thought i did all right i mean you're just reading a script like it's it doesn't seem very hard and my sister after was like you were awful like (laughs) that was so she's like you were showing trying to show emotion you were just yelling (laughs) you just got louder there like no emotion came out and i was like all right perfect i didn't want to do this like (laughs) this seems like an awful hazing right now by my own dad it but, paid uh, off though for the the scratch video several years later. True. Yeah, yeah. Wow, sure. yeah. Actually, it was great. probably your probably your most recent credited role. In, well, yeah. The, everyone uh, talks the Tiger about Wood support group. Yeah, video. Exactly. Everyone talks about how Kobe got this like uh, Oscar yeah. for his thing, but I got one way before. Man. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, <laughs> way yeah. before. Yeah, I think we forgot to enter uh, for the awards that year. But weird, I still got a trophy. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mom bought it for me. <laughs> We'll tell the story on that one so people have any. Yeah, well, we, uh, so I got into the, uh, I got my card um, two years ago, two or three years ago, and I was playing the Safeway uh, Open, which is the first event of the season. And I actually, going back to the priority ranking, I was pretty low on the totem pole and I was actually like first alternate. So I signed up for the Monday, drove up to the Monday, uh, got a call in the morning, like, hey, you're still first alternate, Um, you know, go play. But if, you know, for people that don't know, if you do get in, like an official takes you off the golf course at the Monday and obviously doesn't make you grind that out. So uh, I'm walking off the ninth green. I see actually an official up uh, on the top of the hill at uh, we were playing Bayonet and I was like, oh, sweet. Like I'm in and for, you know, pretty cool. He comes over. He's like, hey, you got in. I'm like elated. My girlfriend was caddying for me. Uh, her joke is that she's a one and oh. And has never missed a Monday qualifier. So like I should hire her full time. So somehow those things are linked. Um, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, so uh, you're in. Uh, head on up there. Uh, Tiger actually was the one that withdrew. And I said, haha, like good joke. And he goes, no, dude, like Tiger withdrew. And I'm like, and he like gave me this look like you're going to have to deal with some questions. Like, for a little bit. <laughs> And I'm like pretty pumped, but I'm like a little bit, you know, concerned. We were all obviously looking forward to him coming back. And I get up to the course and... I'm playing a practice round and I like legitimately did probably 12 interviews and I'm like the last guy in the tournament. Like I, I mean so little to this event. Like it's actually <laughs> scary. Like besides me being from California and giving free tickets to my parents, like 
that's about the only value I brought at all um, to maybe like maybe they bought a water and contributed four dollars <laughs> when I forgot to give them one from like the player cooler. So uh, so uh, I get up there and they're like, I'm doing all these interviews. And like at the beginning, I'm trying to be as like cordial as I can. You know, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, Tiger's not in this event, but like it's so bittersweet. But like, you know, obviously, like if you know, I, I'm glad it's me that could fill a spot and all that stuff. And then finally, like after like the six or seven, I was like, dude, like I really, really want to play in this event. Like I really need to do this. You uh, didn't kick him out. No, of I didn't. Event. It wasn't my fault. He withdrew. <laughs> like I, I was at a Monday qualifier, like get my own spot. And so it was just like silly. Um, but it did show like how important he was. And that's actually ended up working out. I met uh, DJ and we did a actually an awesome scratch TV video. Oh, yeah, I had flown out just because Tiger was going to be there. So we were going <laughs> to yeah. do all these Tiger related videos and then you know, you land on the tarmac and like all the text messages start coming in and it's like, oh, yo, Tiger withdrew. Wait, I'm I like, forgot sweet. to ask it's you. It's really did... easy to get from Jacksonville to Napa. <laughs> glad we did. Did, did the text message say Tiger withdrew, but Max is in? <laughs> or was it just Tiger Ti- withdrew? Tiger was replaced by other. <laughs> other. I'll take it. Tiger That's pretty good. <laughs> by the local guy. Local man replaces yeah. Tiger Wood. Golfer slash actor. <laughs> you, had, uh, you were talking about your girlfriend caddying for you. Which reminded me, we've been talking kind of all week with you and Zach Blair and Curtis and some other guys uh, that are here for the web tour event this week. Just about like really good caddy stories. Yeah, you guys have all played on so many weird tours and so many weird events. And uh, I'm curious what your your best caddy experience. Yeah, your your funniest caddy experience. Yeah. I should yeah. say, not definitely not the best. Experience. They're usually yeah. they usually don't go hand yeah. in hand. Um, my favorite caddy story, and we have a lot because we go to South America and, you know, obviously we don't have enough money to just be flying down, you know, the who's who of caddies on the web.com <laughs> tour. Um, so we, uh, I go to the Bahamas this year. I didn't think I was going to get into the first event of the season because I was playing on a past champions category, which is like pretty low on the totem pole. Um, but I obviously end up getting in and kind of week before kind of last minute, I start uh, searching for caddies because I hear that Bahamas will not have local caddies. They gave us a full warning, like not on the, on the web.com tour that this all like kind of went awry. So I land in my first flight. I think I landed in Florida and I was about to, you know, hop on over to the Bahamas. Um, Michael Scott's favorite, uh, the sandals resort. (laughs) Uh, and, um, I land and I get a text from this guy and he's like, Hey man, like, I'm sorry, I can't make it. And I'm like, no dude, like this is not an option. Like you have to come down here. He's like, it's just too expensive. And I said, I get it. Like it's expensive for me too. Like let's go have a good week. Like I'll, I was paying him more money than I normally do. And it just like, he wouldn't come. So I go down, uh, you know, to the tournament. I'm like freaking out. Um, cause they really didn't have like a single local caddy. Like no one, I mean, it's, it's a resort. No one's there to like do anything, but like hang out. So, I, uh, this woman, Vanessa, that was working for the tour that week, uh, I think was from there and she kind of got on the horn and started trying to find people. Um, it was actually hilarious. I, I had to, I tweeted out to people and I was like literally going to fly somebody out to like <laughs> caddy for me. And I, I got all these responses in it. Honestly, it was probably a mistake that I did that. Cause I just realized how like naive and stupid everybody is, but people were like asking me like, Hey, um, you know, the first question was always fine. Like, Hey, uh, will you pay for my airfare? I'm like a hundred percent. Like it's going to be incredibly expensive. But like at this point I needed a opportunity to play golf. Like I, I, you know, I'd pay any amount of money to like play in that tournament. Cause I needed to get myself onto the tour, like full time again. And, um, I was like, sure. And they're like, you know, what about room and board? I said like, we can make a deal with room and board. It's pretty expensive. I said, I actually think I might have an extra spot. Uh, cause we rented like a little, uh, condo that week and they're like, okay. And then like, what about like, are you going to pay for my food and beverage? And I'm like, were you not going to eat this week? Like, <laughs> how is that now on me? And like, so I just got so fed up with everybody. And then like, you'd finally get a commitment and be like, oh man, I can't make it. Or, oh, I don't have a passport or, oh, this and that. And you're just like, oh my gosh, this is like so infuriating. And I didn't get to play a practice round because you have to have a caddy. So I walked the golf course by myself. Uh, and then Vanessa comes along with just, you know, my hero, Rudy. He's like, I got a guy named Rudy. He works at the airport. Um, no promises. Real. He was like, he was, might've been like named after Rudy. I don't know who's older, but like this guy just like came in. I could feel like the energy and the music, like heart of a champion. And so he comes on the range and he's got a hat that says Jesus on it. And I'm like, man, like this is going to be a great week. So I, first of all, teach him, try to teach him to put the bag on his back. That didn't go well. It took way longer than expected. Uh, second, we get to the first tee, and he has a smile on his face. He's the nicest guy in the world, but he goes, so how do you know which one of these goes the farthest? And I'm like, oh, no. Like, this is going to – and this Bahamas event is notorious for, like, 
unheard of winds and rain. And it's just, you know, that's usually when you really do need your caddy the most because you need an umbrella holder and like, you know, somebody like keep everything dry. And now I have to like deal with like telling him to like stand right here. Don't move. Okay. Now you need to move here because like this guy's, you know, you're going to be in his through line. Um, he also had this, uh, I think I forgot to tell you guys this. He also had this watch that uh, the alarm beeped every hour. <laughs> so I like almost in the back of my mind had to like recalculate what time it was. So like I knew how like much time I had before I had to tell him like run away. <laughs> um, so we did that. Uh, so we play the first hole goes fine. You know, I'm telling him where to go. It's a lot of people don't get it. It's a lot of like extra energy to like constantly know what you're going to do and like deal with somebody else. So um, actually I just, I just basically explained motherhood. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I did it for like a few hours. That was really rude of me. I'm mansplaining over here. Uh, so I get to the second hole and it starts absolutely pissing and it's blowing like 40. And uh, I was like, Rudy, I said, please just stand over here. Like, don't worry about me. I put on my rain jacket. I gave him the umbrella. I said, you stay as dry as you can, but please just keep my clubs like as dry as you possibly can. And he's like, cool. So we just stood there and I, uh, I got him. Somebody sent me a video. I like walk out from under the umbrella and I'm just like getting like crushed, like just like getting absolutely slammed. I'm trying Feral to putt. And yeah, it, I look like, I look like an idiot. Everyone else's caddy's like standing over them with the umbrella, like the cool, like PJ tour looking thing. And my caddy's like standing over there dry as a bone as I'm just getting like destroyed by the rain. Uh, so then, uh, play that hole, play the next hole. And I'm walking to the green. And of course, like I had, you know, a towel that I was, you know, using to keep the grips dry. Not that you needed to like clean the golf ball because it was soaked, but to keep the grips dry. And I look at Rudy on about the third hole and he goes, Hey, no towel. <laughs> I'm like, what? He goes, I don't know where it is. And I'm like, Oh no. Like I almost, I wanted to cry. I was like, this is like my welcome back to golf. I've been playing, you know, the season before was easily the most embarrassing year of my life. Um, and now like I come out to this golf course that's really difficult water on every single shot. And I'm going to like be the guy that like can't hold on to a golf club. Like it's just, it, this is like the worst thing that could have happened. And like, I go around the rest of the day and you know, you're just trying so hard to just keep anything dry you can. And God bless me. You did a great job, but I got super, super lucky. The next day there was a massive uh, rain delay and we only played like seven holes maybe. So the next day we were going to have to finish that round and then go into, you know, the, the essentially like the, the final two rounds. And, uh, after that round, I, I grabbed a caddy who had his player had missed the cut. And I was like, Hey man, like, can you just caddy for me like the rest of the week? And I had to say goodbye to sweet Rudy, but what was that? What um, was that conversation like with Rudy when you had to let him go? Uh, I was pretty nervous because he like legitimately is the nicest person I've ever met. Rudy, this is the this is the hardest conversation I've ever had. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, you know, this is going to be really difficult. I know you've been having a blast with me, <laughs> but uh, you know, I got this guy like. It's not you. It's me. Like I'm not communicating well enough with you and you're doing everything right. Um, but he was, I was, I was like, dude, I'm going to pay you. I just full want boat. you to be happy. Yeah. Like if you really need this, like we can keep going. But, um, yeah, so I gave him like the full boat, which was like a quarter of what I normally pay somebody. So it wasn't like this big deal, uh, but he was fine with it. I mean, he literally never stopped smiling for the two days we hung out. Um, got a lot, got, got to know him pretty, pretty well. I mean, um, you guys keep in touch still or no, no, not, not, not sure the whole phone plan system over there in the Bahamas, <laughs> but it, it wasn't, uh, wasn't super, uh, super compatible. I think, sure. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. You, uh, you touched on it there kind of coming, what you were coming off of there and I don't, not to, not to dwell too much on the, on the, what you call the most embarrassing period of your life. But <laughs> yeah, let's, let's dip into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's interesting what you said there, but, uh, I want to kind of hear from from you, like what, what you were going through during that time with your golf swing and how, how that had an effect on you mentally and how you're able to get back to, to where you are now today. Yeah, man, it was rough. Uh, a lot of people don't understand. It actually started in, uh, the web season the year before I had actually won. And then just, I don't really know what happened. It just went, like it went fast. Um, it when was, mo it, when mo it goes, what goes? My driver got yeah. like, I've never been like a premier driver of the golf ball, but I've been fine. I mean, my ball obviously stays in play. I do this no for Tron, a living. Yeah, I'm no, yeah, I'm no Tron, but I like, it stays in play. And all of a sudden I'm out there and it's like, I, I could tell you where every OB steak is in the world. Um, and it's just, it's frightening. If a golf course had white stakes, like I was like, Oh, like nightmares. Is it hard to compete in professional golf when you're thinking like that? It would honestly, I didn't think it would be, but yeah, it was surprisingly difficult. Like I was like, wow, this should still be easy. I mean, okay. One off the tee. Okay. Two out of bounds. All right. So I'm hitting three off the tee. I'm giving you guys all two shots a hole. Um, yeah. So it became very difficult. Um, so, 
uh, just kind of lost it. And then, you know, me and uh, I had changed coaches. So me and uh, my uh, new coach at the time, tough for him. And we had just started getting going. And all of a sudden, like, you know, we're like breaking things down as small as we can. And so I played terrible to end that season. Uh, and then came back out onto the PJ tour now. And I'm like, holy cow, like not that I was like that nervous, but I was like, Oh, this is a new opportunity. Maybe it's just like my mind was out of it and it just continued. I missed the first five cuts, started not getting into anything. The golf courses are considerably harder and more demanding. And, uh, all of a sudden I'm, and then I'm playing with people who are like, not, not saying that the web guys aren't great, but like the, so you play with a few PJ guys, you're like, Holy cow. Like you guys are the real deal. And I'm over here. Like, like, you know, okay, no, I didn't make eight there. I made seven and like, oh, sorry. Like it was really hard to keep track. I said, I totally get it. Like next time I'll like have a clicker out for you. So it was like quite embarrassing. Um, but, but I, I saw a little bit of success. Um, I think what I did that was, and like, I, I don't like to get serious about a lot of things, but what I was, I, I was so proud of myself that year and obviously going into this year, but that year, because I would leave Thursday, I'd shoot a bazillion and go to the range Friday. I'd shoot a bazillion, miss the cut, go to the range. And, uh, I had actually changed back to my, um, my coach I had in college and you know, who I'm with right now, Les Johnson. And we, you know, he was awesome. I I'd call him every day and be like, Hey, like, this is what happened today. And we didn't have all bad days. I remember the John Deere and the Greenbrier actually led the field in, uh, in total driving for the first two days, not all four days. Cause I didn't get to play those two, but <laughs> the, all the first two days. And you know, that even was a mental struggle. Cause I'm like, gosh, if like the one thing I think I'm terrible at, I'm the best at this week. And I still missed the cut, but it was just becoming way too much, like too much pressure on myself to do everything. Great. Um, you know, also like completely just like giving up on practicing my wedges and my short game and putting, because it's like, if I can't get the ball and play, what's the point chipping for six, isn't really like that big of a deal. Um, so, uh, but I'd have weeks where it was just, you know, I would just be like, okay, I'm going to miss a cut, but I'm going to grind as hard as I can. And every single day, every single day, I'm going to learn one new thing about it and, and just be so freaking prepared for when it comes around. And I, I, I posted it on my Twitter after I think I got my card. Um, but I found this quote that Kobe, uh, had in his locker. I think he got from Popovich, but it was about this stone cutter. And it says, you know, like a stone cutter, uh, is chopping away at a, at a, at a big, um, boulder and he swings at it, you know, one time, two times, three times, a hundred times without like a dent being made in it. And on the hundred and first time it completely breaks apart. And it says a wise man knows it was not the hundred and first blow that did it. It was the hundred that came before it. And I was like, this is me right now. Like, this is how I'm going to like leave my mark on this game. And this is how I'm getting back. And I got, I got, I, I was fortunate to have a career in general, like that I've made a good amount of money where it wasn't like a massive financial, like it wasn't on my brain, like that. I was just like siphoning off money. Um, but you know, it obviously wasn't great, but I was able to be like, okay, like if this takes four years, it takes four years, but we're starting right now. And I'm not going to waste a day or an hour or a minute not trying to get better. And it actually taught me to get my attitude to be so much more positive. Cause I realized that if you're playing that bad and you're also thinking negatively, like they don't go together. So I had to lie to myself and just be like, today's the day, dude, like today's the day we go shoot 65 and everything kind of breaks apart. And like this starts to go the right direction. And every time I thought I hit rock bottom, um, I found a shovel and dug a little deeper and it was shocking. I would come off golf courses and just like in shambles, like mentally and just be like, man, like maybe I'm not supposed to do this. And then, you know, I'd be like, all right, wake up in the morning, going to practice. And I, I'm very, very proud of myself for doing that. Um, it was hard and it makes this year feel like I haven't felt what I felt, uh, when I got my car back in, in, in uh, Canterbury in Cleveland a couple weeks ago, cause I have an unbelievable group of friends that supported me and never, you know, like, you know, you lose, you, you lose a lot of people when you do this. Like I, I got a lot less text messages and you know, obviously when you're playing bad about hanging out, but my friends stuck by me and it was cool to get texts from certain people and then be like, man, like I know what you just did. And like, that was impressive. And I was like, for the first time I was like, I agree. Like this one was cool. Um, cause embarrassed. It's one thing to be bad at your job or, or to struggle. It's really hard to like legitimately be embarrassed to be out there. I'm playing against Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and Rory McIlroy. And I'm like shooting 80 and I'm losing. F I thought I think one term I lost in two rounds, 14 shots to the field in total driving. And it's just like, what are you doing out here, dude? Like, and, and I know deep down I'm better than this, but you just think you get stuck in this rut and you know, 
glad it obviously turned. Um, I just wanted to leave a mark of um, resiliency, uh, you know, and I thought that that would be that would be who I am. Some people are great at hitting a seven iron. Some people are great at putting. I'm going to be like the toughest guy you've ever met. And like that's in my head how I kind of tried to spin it. Wow. I'm feeling, awesome. yeah. I'm feeling inspired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. So along the way, I know you, you talked about obviously all the work that you've done for yourself and your coach. Um, one of the things we were talking about you or talking with you about through this week is you've gotten somewhat close to Phil Mickelson actually down in Southern California. And I was just wondering if you could share what you can about that relationship and, and, you know, the role he's played and kind of giving you some advice and almost being a mentor to, to you. Yeah, super lucky. Um, obviously, one of the greatest golfers of all time, and I live an hour from him, um, got linked up with him. Uh, started playing some some rounds at home with him, uh, and it was uh, cool. I mean, it, if I had never said a word to him, but we played together, I would have learned something from him. I mean, he's so good at golf, and you see how he thinks and how he, how he plots his way around a golf course and the shots he can hit that, like, I you know, at the time hadn't even like kind of considered. Um, but then he was nice enough when I asked him questions to like really give me like thoughtful answers. He let me uh, practice with him one day, uh, taught me all about how to prepare for tournaments. Um, and he didn't even, the only, you know, payment he required from me was like, start helping him dress better, which he hasn't listened to me at all yet. Um, you know, he's, I think he owns like seven leather jackets, um, which is seven too many. Um, so no, but he's been great. Um, and I mean, it's just freaking cool. Like, it's just cool. If you beat Phil Mickelson or something one, one day, uh, you go home and you're like, dang, like I just beat Phil. Like, you know, it's like a huge confidence booster. And, um, you know, and then when he beats you, the other part is like, oh, cool. I like lost to Phil. Like, no big deal. like I'm still probably awesome at golf. Quite literally. What a thrill. For yeah. You. What a thrill for me. So, uh, but yeah, so it's been, it's been sweet. Uh, him and Charlie Hoffman are down there and Brendan Steele. So we've had some pretty cool uh, games and, and learning experiences. And you also, I think the biggest lesson you can learn is he's still like a normal dude. Like he still like gets jacked up to play golf. Um, he just like knows a lot more and is better at hitting that golf ball than basically everyone. So that's like really the only big separation. Um, but you know, he's just a, just a guy like us. And I think that also put into perspective, like we were talking about earlier about my mindset next year to stop looking at these people like they're gods of some sort. Like it's just another round of golf. Phil Mickelson's great, but I've beaten him and you know, I know it might just be at home, but like that, there's no reason that like can't kind of transfer over. But, um, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I feel very fortunate to have even just met him, let alone get to pick his brain a little bit. Does he, does he follow along kind of like your career and keep up to date on what you're doing and you know, is he one of those people that's texting you and, and that kind of stuff? He did. Um, he didn't a couple weeks ago. Um, he's probably busy. I get it. I get it but, <laughs> um, but he, uh, he did actually, it was really cool, man. Like right after I had like kind of first practiced with him, I was, this is when I was really struggling and he texted me about, I think I was coming to the tour championship championship to try to get my car back. And he said, Hey, he sent me this long message. Like, Hey, you know, I know it hasn't been going well, but like, you never know, like this could be the week. And, um, you know, deep down, like that's kind of how I looked at every week. It's like, maybe this is the week, like maybe this is the week. And it's just, he's the ultimate optimist, um, which might go back to his whole like clothing thing working out at some point, <laughs> but, uh, he's the ultimate optimist and, um, you know, kind of like it, it's kind of infectious. You're like, yeah, sure. This is the week. Like, yeah, you know, I don't, maybe I'm not going to have to hit 12 provisionals tomorrow. Like <laughs> maybe this really will be good. Um, so he's been cool, man. I mean, he gets a bad rap for the whole fig jam thing or whatever, but he's not, he's not like that. He's, he's, he means it all. So like light, like lighthearted. Well, so just listening to you explain it. It's, it's like a lot of the time he's, he's just like, man, isn't this like, isn't this an awesome thing? Like, <laughs> like that we could talk about, like, look, I'll explain this to you. Like, how cool is this? Yeah. yeah. It's like a sense of wonder. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you wonder how I'm spinning this so much? <laughs> Cause I've thought a lot about how I can spin it so yeah, much. Exactly. I yeah. love that. The Greenbrier when he's during the pro-am, he's giving Larry Fitzgerald a chipping lesson and the other, he's like, Hey, Hey chip, get over here. You're going to want to hear this too. <laughs> That's how he is. I, I like legitimately think he just wants everyone to be as good as him and also realize, 
maybe like in the back of his brain, like be like, yeah, I, I know more, but I'm also so much better than you. It's like, I want you to know how, first of all, how, how hard this is, but how easy I make it look. <laughs> have you ever seen him? Like what's the best you've ever seen him play? Have you ever seen him super dialed in? Or? Yeah, I, I get lucky. I usually play him in the off season where he, um, you know, is taking quite a bit of time off. He's got a, you know, awesome family that he spends quite a bit of time with. And, you know, in the off season for me, I, I try and use it as a, I'll take a few weeks off there, a couple weeks off in the beginning, but I try to use it as uh since I don't have, you know, a family or anything to, uh, actually like work a lot and be ready for the first event. So when I play with him there, he's a little rusty. He's obviously still unbelievable at golf, but you know, his driver is not normally as like dialed in and his numbers aren't like as great. And I hadn't really like put those two and two together. I was like, you know, obviously Phil's a great golfer and everything, but um, you're not blown away. And then I played with him right before the match play a couple of years ago, which is right before Augusta. And I was freaking floored. Like it was shocking. Like how much, it doesn't matter the score. I mean, he shot nine under, but it didn't matter the score. Uh, it was like, it was like the, the, the wedge, like the short iron thing you read and hear about was like kind of jaw dropping. I mean, he, and at the time he had already like explained to me how he like works through the whole process. But I mean, we, uh, I think he birdied the first, he horseshoe lipped out a 30 yard bunker shot on the second for Eagle. So made birdie hold a nine iron from the fairway bunker on three, which to his credit, he came up and explained to me how he knew it was like going to go in. I still don't really think that. Four, he made, he had a wedge, like a couple feet, another kicking. And then on, I think it was the fifth hole, he had another wedge and it's, I was up by the green, um, and it's in like an elevated green. He hit another one. I was like, and it rolled out to like a foot. And he goes, oh, I went, oh. And he goes, oh, what? Did I make it again? <laughs> like dead serious. I'm like, no, but it's like another birdie. <laughs> and uh, it was it was kind of shocking. Um, you know, his his bunk. There's he does a lot of things really well, obviously. But like, I mean, his 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 long game is great. Um, his driving actually isn't crazy impressive, but he hits it he hits it really far. Uh, for you know, I know he's you know. 40s you know five maybe 46 48 48 really yeah. yeah so he he can move it um but it, his bunker play and those short irons it's like it's scary like it is like I, it was it's cool to get to see that in person because and honestly like we joke about it but he, he really does like, explain to me like how he knows what it's going to do and if if you want to be kind of like standoffish and be like oh this is so annoying sure do that because i'm going to listen and i pick up on that he's like hey i'm going to move it you know this far back in my stance and grip up this much and that's going to take x amount of yards off but you know the spin will add you know and you're like he he'll explain to you how he hit it to a foot and it's not a joke like he really did know how he hit it to a foot and i enjoy that at times you roll your eyes when he's just like kicking your, your ass on the golf course like thanks i get it like do you want me to show you how i just dropped again like on the right because it was sick um so he um he does that and but it's cool man he he really like he loves golf and he has invested so much of his time and in, into the parts of the game that he's so great at and it really shows i mean he he puts a lot of time into those wedges and it's cool that it works out too because it's actually pretty fun to watch on tv but also in person when you see him get a little bit dialed and he starts hitting things like kicking over and over and over again what's the reaction like of other members when he comes like out to your home club it's kind of like you, you're like wow well i mean they look at me the same way. Oh, yeah, so I guess yeah, like, yeah, wow, there's two of you. Yeah. <laughs> there's two of you out here. Holy cow. I don't have enough Sharpies. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, when he comes out, it's kind of cool. Cause like, I remember one time I, I, my home golf course, uh, or one of my home car golf courses, I remember a couple. <laughs> uh, Whoa, yeah, yeah. 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 Shocking. Um, they, uh, one they had like, bedroom, yeah, <laughs> one, one bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I, they have like a, a big canyon has a rule where like you have to have, um, if you're playing with four people, like three of them need, need to be there before you can make a tea time. Like you can't call in tea times. It's a good system, whatever. Um, but like one day I went there and I was kind of like, Hey, like I'm here early to like set up this tea time. Cause Phil had to play early and like had to get out of there. And I was like, and he's like, okay, well I can't put your name down. I said, dude, like Phil Mickelson <laughs> is coming. Like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to call him and be like, you need to get here an hour earlier. And he's like, you know, uh, like I get it, but like I went into the uh, pro shop and I was like, Hey, like guys, like Phil Mickelson's coming. And they're like, okay, just like, we'll make time for that. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. You never do this for me, but I get it. He's older than me seniority. Um, so, uh, that's pretty cool. But he does have the, the one he's pretty easy to make fun of. Cause he's just a big dork, like a nice big dork. And he doesn't really like get it at times, but he really did do like the most like awkward things ever. We're, at Big Canyon, we're coming up nine, nine and one, kind of like run side by side. And this member hit a drive into our fairway. And uh, 
the guy's wearing like an Augusta hat or a shirt or something. And he runs up next to Phil and uh, Phil's next to his ball. And Phil's trying to make a joke. He goes, oh, really? Like you won there too? <laughs> to his hat. And the guy didn't know who he was. And he's like, <laughs> what? And Phil goes, you won the Masters too? And the guy's like, okay. And like left. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like that couldn't have backfired any worse. Like, he, and, but like Phil's like, oh. You know, like he'll figure it out. <laughs> like no big deal. That was bad. But they they love seeing him and they're pretty cool. Like live, leave him alone a little bit. And he is unreal good with like members. Like he gets, he gets it, um, which is cool. But uh, yeah, I mean, they freak out. But I mean, I guess I deal with the same stuff. So yeah. it's no big deal. So, all right, let's wrap it at that. Uh, Max, congratulations on your return to the PGA Thank Tour. You. We look forward to watching um, watching you this this coming fall and the rest of the season. But mostly congratulations on being able to spend the weekend with us and having dollar beers. And uh, it's honestly, my honor. Like this, <laughs> this couldn't have worked ha- have worked out any better. Um, like I am considering just quitting and joining No Laying Up at this point because it's just that you guys live a life that people just dream of. Listen, listen, yeah, listen, we can't really pay you. <laughs> we have your information. Uh, actually, contact you. Last, last year, don't, I, don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> last year, I spent an entire year not making money, so I'm very, very ready for it. <laughs> All right, on that note, let's wrap it up. Um, let's go. We're going to go check out. Hopefully, Curtis Luck wraps up the Cut Tour Championship yes. today. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Hey, thanks, guys. It was fun. Cheers. Cheers. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Expect anything.